Okay. Oh, we'll pick up here in the book of Acts again where we were uh, last time. Oh, we actually finished. Oh, right here at the end of the fifth chapter. But anyway, I was thinking about this morning and, and the Bible is, you know, because it's like, you know, I have all these, I mean, the devil doesn't want you to have anything to do with Jesus, nothing to do with reading the Bible. It is so easy. I, I mean, the, the structure of this thing, like I said, all this here, Genesis, that's total history. In the beginning, it's nothing mythological. There is a God and we believe, no, that's, none of that's in there. It's history. It's just this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. The Lord did this. Okay. History, history, history. Levi, so what? It's Leviticus. I call it Leviticus. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's history. They, they, Exodus, they just got out of, uh, <clears throat> out of Egypt. They're at Mount Sinai and they get all the marching orders. That's what Leviticus is. It's, it's straight history. It's not, if, if you get it, you got it. I don't, it doesn't matter. Put it in a translation other than the King James, unless you are totally schooled in every word of the King James Version, so you can keep your flow going fast enough to read one chapter to the next without wondering what's going on. But anyway, uh, Living Bible is great. There's others that are real good too, but I tell you, Living Bible is just, you're not going to miss much using the Living Bible. Okay, so uh, Numbers, they get to the Promised Land, and you know the rest. Deuteronomy is, remember, it is a speech. It says so in the first chapter. And it just recaps. And then Joshua, they get in the promised land. Uh, clicking on down through here, then what is first one Sam, two Sam? Who's first Samuel, second Samuel? That's where the kings, all of a sudden after, when they get in the promised land, remember they got to the promised land, they were there for about 200 years, and then they lost it all because they're worse than idols. They lost it all. Then all of a sudden, remember, a King David comes along right after King Saul. That's where the stories of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. Samuel was a prophet, and he uh, <clears throat> anointed Saul to be the first king. And then they started taking back their country again. And then David comes along, and boy, by golly, they did take it back. Man, David, whoa. Man, they got their kingdom back. And that leads you right into if Saul was the first king, David was the second king. Who was that third king? Solomon. What a reign, worldwide reign there. Smartest guy in the whole world. Can't knock that out. He had so much wisdom. Everybody knows who the wisest king was. It's hard to un, un, undo this. So anyway, then you run across the books called First Kings and Second Kings. It makes sense. It's those kings. It's the history. Okay, Chronicles, it's the same thing. Same stories. It actually picks up in Chronicles. Guess where it picks up? It just starts names, names. It picks up with Adam, the very first verse. These are the generations of the world, whatever. Okay, Adam. Then it picks up, and then all of a sudden, about the ninth chapter of First Chronicles, it starts talking about King Saul, and then it's King David, and you'll see the same thing in the kings here that you see in there. Okay, they lost it to Nehemiah. I mean, they lost it to Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me. Babylon came in. They lost their whole kingdom. Ezra and Nehemiah, they came back. It was 70 years. Esther's little story there while they were like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, while they were in captivity, the Jews were all fixing to get killed, it looked like, but that didn't happen. Job's a little quick book. If you read it yourself, you'll go, that didn't take but about a week and a half, if that long. I read it the other day and I thought, I can tell. They just stood there and they talked to each other. They went outside. It they actually says Job kept his mouth shut for five days. And then he let him have it. <laughs> he was and he was ticked off at the Lord. <laughs> why is this happening to me? I mean, he was basically, I read it. He was telling the Lord, hey, why did this happen? Well, if you read, if you and I, we saw it. We didn't, Job didn't see it till later. 
He didn't know that God had cut a deal with the devil. Remember, the devil said, yeah, well, I've been around the earth. That's what I've been doing. And God said, hey, consider my servant Job. He's a pretty good guy. And he goes, yeah, but if you mess with him, he'll curse you. Well, the Lord said, okay. He says, just don't kill him, you know, but uh, you can mess with him. And anyway, so that's what happened there. But you can go read that story. But anyway, then all of a sudden you hit Psalms. Hey, singing and dancing. Well, it's more than that. It's most of the ones that were written were written that first king. I mean, second king. David wrote a lot of those. Anyway, Proverbs. Well, that's Solomon. Well, there's that. This guy, it's a book that this guy wrote. And then Ecclesiastes, that just means preacher. Okay, it's just high tech word for preacher. Solomon wrote that. It tells you that. He also wrote a very sexy book called Song of Solomon. It's not about Jesus. You can go read it for yourself. Good grief. Jesus needed to have, you know, uh, shall lack of a better word, a boob job. Go read that in the last chapter. It's hard to follow that one. They're laughing about the little sister doesn't have any breast. How are you going to say that's Jesus? It's not. Read it all in one setting. Read the Living Bible and you'll, it'll just bless you. You'll go, wow. I didn't know God really cared about uh, love between a husband and a wife or whatever. Yes. It's the reason you have those emotions. They're part, he built you that way. Mr. Isaiah. Oh, yeah, there's a big, what's a big book? Guess what? He prophesied. He's just a news reporter. We'll go and call it from the Lord. Okay. Uh, dear King Uzziah, King Hezekiah, several kings. He outlived a lot of them right there. Uh, he was, well, he was when he was in office. Okay. Jeremiah did the same thing. Except Jeremiah was basically at the end before Nebuchadnezzar got him. Lamentations, wonder what that lament. They lost their kingdom. They lost it all. Okay? And he's, uh, anyway. So uh, Ezekiel was the same way. Then all of a sudden there's Daniel. Daniel was when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Nebuchadnezzar, fire, burning fiery furnace. Hosea, a little short book. Joel, a little short one. Amos. And all these guys will tell you, and there's Jonah right there. Oh, uh, Oh, and Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, all these little short ones. And they'll tell you right at the start where they were in this region. Because your history is right here. Your history is from here down to right here. That's all it is. Okay. The reason I said that is because all of a sudden, shaboom, Matthew. Matter of fact, in Malachi, you have a little reference to John the Baptist. He actually says so. And guess what? The next book, Matthew, John the Baptist. Wow. Real close. Okay. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here's your history over here. Four books, the life of Jesus. They just, different people, they recall the same account four times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts, which is where we are today. Acts is another piece of history right there. It's what happened when Jesus left. 28 chapters, it goes so fast. Then guess what? Everything that happened in the book of Acts, that's what these little books are. Because Paul wrote letters to everywhere he went right here. Okay, so here we go. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, Jesus is still there, and all of a sudden, he, dis- he ascends, okay? They're all standing there looking at him, going, well, where'd he go? And two angels were there, and they said, hey, why are you looking up there? He's going to come back. So anyway, Acts chapter 2, you know, we all, most of us are real familiar with that. We've heard so much about it, we think it's just all about the Holy Spirit, but it's more than that. Even though Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, stay in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes. Okay, now, so the whole church we found out, in, uh, in uh, uh, Jerusalem, it's only been about five weeks since Jesus rose from the dead and, and, and gone. Okay. So let's see. Acts chapter 5 and uh, the latter part here. Let, let me see where we were at here. Oh, there was two people that tried to lie saying they sold a house or some land and they, uh, 
you know, they, uh, they were, uh, uh, they were trying to say, yeah, we sold it for so much money, but they didn't. They sold it for more and they could have told the truth, but they just decided to lie about it. But anyway, so, uh, Yeah, there it was. Okay, there, Ananias and Sapphira. I was trying to figure out, what's all this right here? Okay, that's right. Remember, they, uh, uh, right after that happened, the apostles were meeting regularly at the temple known as Solomon's Hall. And they did remarkable, remarkable miracles among the people. That's the reason the book of Acts is it's like, whoa, remember your daily problems? That's what the remarkable miracles were. Other believers didn't dare join them, but they had all high regard for them. Yeah, because two people that died. You know, well, they lied. They thought, well, yeah, well, we 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 we're really rich folks, and we we gave all this money. No, they didn't give it. They kept half of it back, and they could have said, "Well, I just want to give half of this," but they did it to lie. It's terrible. But anyway, verse fifteen: sick people were brought into the streets, and the mat said at least Peter's shadow would fall across some of them as they went by. And crowds came from Jerusalem, suburbs, bringing their sick folks and those possessed by demons, and every one of them was healed. Man, that's so important to catch that when you're reading those historic books in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just pay attention as you read. That's where you want to read it fast and make sure it's in a language you can get real quick. Because you're going to find out that not only did Jesus heal everybody that come, he told his 12 disciples to do that. He said, I'm going to send you out and I want you to heal everybody. And then it wasn't enough. He sent the 70 out and told them to heal. And then when you read Mark, the very end of the Mark, chapter Mark, chapter Mark, the end of Mark's gospel, he says every believer has that power. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now I didn't bring Chaz this morning because he, he's, he's hard to move around. I barely got him outside to go to the bathroom and I know he's old, but still. But I'll never forget it. I, I, he was in the kitchen right there laying down, and I said, well, hey, you ain't going this morning. You know? <laughs> and, and, and then I thought, well, hey, I, lay hands on him, and I did. Lay my hands on my dog. I've done, I've done that for all my animals. You know. And people, too, look at that. Anyway, so here we go. The high priest and his relatives, some were Sadducees. Boy, they were violently jealous. Look at that. Boy, they arrested the, the disciples of the apostles. Remember that? But look, the angel of the Lord let them out. So that's what happened. Last thing we saw there. So, uh, they got thrown out. To, uh, I mean, they were... Uh, anyway, you remember what happened. Uh, they Remember they said, hey, don't you ever speak in the name of Jesus. And they finally let him go. So apparently they were using that name. All right, here we go. So here's what happens. This, remember, this, this hasn't been, but... Uh, uh, about two months. But with the believers multiplying rapidly, there were rumblings of discontent. See, it just happens with people. You know, okay. Just, it just happens, okay. Those who spoke only Greek, in other words, there were some people who were speaking English and there were some Spanish folks. So you see what you see how the divide comes in. The Greeks were complaining that their widows were being discriminated against. <laughs> We've been there. I mean, you've probably been to some churches where all of a sudden it's been a great church and all of a sudden it starts, what's happening? Then you see the preacher slip over to one side. He starts favoring, and then you wind up leaving. I'm going someplace else. That's all this was. Look at this. Because they said their widows were being discriminated against, that they were not given as much food in the daily distribution as the widows who spoke Hebrew, which kind of like, we're the real Jews. Okay, that kind of thing. So the 12, who's that? Same 12 disciples, except Judas had died. Okay. One been replaced. They called a meeting. Should we spend our time? No, we should spend our time preaching, not administering a food program. 
<laughs> so see how this is real. This is like, okay, real life. Watch what happens. Remember, this is history. Remember, there's no mythological story here, spiritual story. It's history. We should spend our time preaching, not administering a food program. Now, look out among you, dear brothers. Look at this. and Select seven low lives. No. Wise, full of the Holy Spirit, who are well thought of by everyone. We'll put them in charge of this business. Then we can spend our time in prayer, preaching, and teaching. This sounded like a reasonable to the whole assembly, and they elected the following. Look at this. This is just going to bless your socks off. I really will. Because this is the reason the Bible is the Bible. Well, they said, let's get Stephen. Notice this. A man unusually full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And they took Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Tim, whatever, and Par, okay, just Pete, Dave, Steve, whoever. Okay, Nicholas of Antioch, a Gentile convert to the Jewish faith who had become a Christian. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them, and they, oh my God, they laid their hands on them. That's all through the scriptures. David was anointed by kings, by, by Samuel, the poured oil on him, that kind of stuff. It always happens. God's message was preached in ever-widening circles, and the numbers, oh boy, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Remember, it hadn't been but two months. Look at this. And the number of disciples increased vastly in Jerusalem. If you ever took a helicopter ride, you can do this on YouTube. You don't have to do that. But you go to YouTube and get up in the air and look around. Jerusalem's not that big. Okay? It's not that big. You know, easy to walk around in, whatever. Anyway, you can see the size of it. But anyway, the disciples increased vastly. Look at that. Many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Wow. They were starting to catch on. Stephen, the man so full of faith in the Holy Spirit's power, did spectacular miracles among the people. Wow. See, this doesn't die. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. He said that. And here's the history. Oh, but one, one day, some men from the Jewish cult, it's almost like, well, they're from the KKK or they're from some sort of religious group or whatever, political the the jewish cult of the freemen started an argument with him well why not because he's doing all this you see how the devil's trying to get involved here shut this stuff down they were soon joined by the jews from cyrene alexander in egypt and turkish provinces of cilicia and asia minor all this a drunk guy wrote <laughs> no it's not drunk i didn't write any of this but none of them look at this watch closely none of them was able to withstand stephen's uh, wisdom and spirit. So they brought in some men to lie about him. Well, they said basically, you know, they did the same thing to Jesus. And Jesus said, the student is not above his master. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. So they brought in some men to lie, claiming that he heard Stephen curse Moses and even God. Yeah, right. Look at that next verse. This accusation roused the crowds to fury against Stephen and the Jewish leaders. They arrested him and they brought him before the council. The lying witnesses testified against Stephen, was constantly speaking against the temple and against the laws of Moses. They declared, we've heard uh, him say that this fellow, remember, he's been arrested. We've heard this fellow say that this, see, that's what they're after. Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and throw out all the laws of Moses. Well, actually, it's probably about right. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. At this point, Everyone in the council chamber saw Stephen's face become radiant as an angel. Now remember, we know that. We've seen stories. When Jesus was resurrected, two guys glowing right there on top of that stone. you know. And then they just had the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit, there was fire and stuff. There, <laughs> What's going on? Remember, you don't divide this up. You've got to go right into what happened. So his face is glowing. Plus, we also know that John, uh, no, excuse me, get my, get my people right. 
Moses had to cover his face. He was glowing so much. Then the high priest asked him, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's lengthy reply. Now let's just say we're here this morning, and we are. We're looking at the Bible, and we're trying to check all this out. Look at this. Everything we all know. The glorious God appeared to our ancestor, book of Genesis, Abraham. It's the only place you find that, that story. In Iraq, because that's where it is. We can, oh, I know Iraq, Iran, oh, that's where it was. Okay. Before he moved to Syria, which is still there today, and told him to leave his native land. Remember, he did that. This, this is in Genesis 12. Uh, and say goodbye to his relatives and start out for a country that God would direct him to. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. That's right. In Syria until his father died. Nahor, remember that? All that. Then God brought him here to the land of Israel. Look at this. But he gave him no property there. Not one little tract of land. Okay, wow. See, oh my gosh. They're just validating the book of Genesis. Yeah. Well, if from 12 on is true, then 1 through 12 is true, which is the flood and creation. Yeah. Dinosaurs hadn't been here that long. They were created on day what? Well, uh, day 5 was fish and birds. Day 6 was everybody else. Okay. However, God promised that the, eventually the whole country would belong to him and his descendants. Uh, though as yet he had no children. Uh, but God also told him that these descendants would leave the land, no, yeah, would leave the land and live in a foreign country and become slaves for 400 years. Here comes the book of Exodus. Look at that. And I'll punish the nation that enslaves them, God told them, and afterward they'll, people will return to this land and worship me here. That was the Exodus. Oh my gosh. Remember, Stephen's on a roll here. Watch how far he goes. God also gave Abraham the ceremony of circumcision at that time as evidence of the covenant between God and the people uh, of Abraham. And so Isaac, Abraham's son, was circumcised when he was eight, year, eight years old. Isaac became the father of, oh my gosh, Jacob. Jacob, the father of, remember, Jacob's two wives, Leah and Rachel, fighting over who could have more, how many kids? That he was the father of the 12 patriarchs. That's his sons, but anyway, they, they called them tribes later. Okay. These men were very jealous of, oh, coat of many colors, Joseph, and sold him to be a slave. Yeah, book of Genesis, book of Genesis. But God was with him and delivered him out of his anguish and gave him, oh my gosh, here is the story. Gave him favor before Pharaoh. See how the Bible believes itself and assumes that we believe too? And these books weren't written by the same character, not at all. Mm -mm. This is a news report. I was there. I wrote down what this Stephen said. Gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt as well as putting him in charge of all the affairs of his palace. Remember, you're, you're reading this and drinking coffee one day and what's God going to do for you today? Well, if he did it for Joseph, he'll do it for you. Yeah. But a famine developed in Egypt and Canaan. See how it's tracking? And there was great misery for our ancestors. That, that would have been uh, Joseph's brothers and his dad, Jacob. When their food was gone, Jacob, that's his dad, heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons to buy some. Wow, look at the whole story here. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Whoa, what a great story over there, but he's Stephen's speeding through it. Then Joseph sent for his father Jacob and all his brothers' families to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. That's exactly what it says in, in uh, Exodus chapter 1. So Jacob went to Egypt where he died and all his sons. All of them were taken to Shechem. Boy, look at the hit. That's right, because when Jacob died, they took a little trip to, you know, the Holy Land or whatever to, uh, you know, and 
the promised land and they buried uh, uh, Jacob there. Uh, from the, Abraham had bought a piece of property to bury Sarah. That's what that is. Bought from the sons of Hamar, Shechem's father. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham to free his descendants from slavery, the Jewish people greatly multiplied. Here we go, Moses. But when the king was crowned, who had no respect for Joseph's memory, the king plotted against our race, forcing parents to abandon their children in the field. Boy, I tell you what, God just doesn't get into this human sacrifice thing and killing kids. He, uh-uh. Mad at the Israelites for throwing their kids to the fire. And you can better believe he was mad at Pharaoh for saying, hey, kill all the baby boys. About that time, Moses was born, a child of divine beauty. His parents hid him at home for three months. Same thing the book of Exodus says. And when at last they couldn't keep him hidden no longer, they had to abandon him. Pharaoh's daughter found him, adopted him as her own son, taught him all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he became a mighty prince. And what does that say? Because Moses said, oh, I'm not a good speaker. <laughs> now you know his discourse between him and the Lord was like, don't send me. Uh, I, I can't speak. I am not a good speaker. <laughs> yeah, he was too. Gee, he also was a mighty prince. Let's see what else tracks. But one day when he was nearing his 40th birthday, it came into his mind to visit his brothers, the people of Israel. Now remember, his mama called him Moses, which meant to draw out. Now, it wasn't his real mama. That was his stepmama, Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. Anyway, during this visit, he saw an Egyptian mistreating a man of Israel. Look at this. Yeah, right out of the book of, uh, I want to call it Egypt, but the book of Exodus. So Moses killed the Egyptian. Moses supposed his brother would realize God sent him to help him, but then they didn't. Huh? Stephen's going to use that point because remember, they're all after him now. They're mad at him. The next day he visited them again. He saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Gentlemen, he said, your brothers, you shouldn't be fighting like this. It's wrong. But the man in the wrong told Moses, oh, we know what happened. Hey, you going to kill me like you did that Egyptian? <laughs> Who made you a ruler and judge over us? Are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Oh, my goodness. Moses fled. Now, remember, he's 40 years old. Now he's going to hightail it. Moses fled the country, lived in the land of, book of Exodus says this too, where his two sons were born. 40 years later in the desert, Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to him. Here's the burning, fiery bush. A little story that never happened either. <laughs> it did too. Uh, it's about like Stephen's face was on fire, but it's not burning. Okay. Anyway, Moses saw it, wondered what it was. He ran to see it. The voice of the Lord called out to him. I'm the God of your fake ancestors. No, he, Moses even knew who they were. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. Moses shook with terror. Mm. Would be awesome. Dared not look. He said, hey, see, you already fallen. Take off your shoes. See, you could have told this story. You're standing on holy ground. I've seen the anguish of my people in Egypt, and I've heard their cries. I've come down to deliver them, and I will send them, uh, and, uh, and I will send you to Egypt. Boy, think about that. Same thing to you and I. You're in anguish. You're in trouble. He'll get you out. Verse 35. So God sent back the same man the people had previously rejected by demanding, "You made a ruler, and uh, no, who made you a ruler and judge over us?" Stephen's making a point here. You rejected Jesus. Okay. Anyway. Moses was sent to be their ruler and savior. And by means of many remarkable miracles, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and back and forth. Let's see, I think in the promise, oh, excuse me, in the wilderness, I think is what it says. Yeah, back and forth through the wilderness for 40 years. Wouldn't have been 40 years if they had just paid attention. Okay, Moses himself told the people, look at this. This is where Stephen's going. God will raise up a prophet much like me from among your brothers. And he wasn't talking about Joshua. Uh-uh. 
Moses was the go-between between the mediator, between the people of Israel and the angel who gave the law of God, the living word on Mount Sinai. There was an angel there. Okay. But they, but, but our fathers rejected Moses. They wanted, remember, I want to go back to Egypt. They told Aaron, make us idols. Remember, they made a moo-moo. Moo. Can you imagine that? They made this thing. They said, this is the God that brought us out from under Pharaoh. Oh, please. Make us idols so we'll have gods to lead us back. We don't know what's happened to this Moses. Remember, he was up on that mountain for 40 days. Who brought us out of Egypt? So they made a calf idol. There it is. Sacrificed to it and rejoiced in this thing they made. Then God turned away from them and gave them up. Let them serve. Oh, there's where they were going. Because they were. They were serving the sun, the moon, the stars as their gods. The age of Aquarius. I even remember when that hit. And I thought that was strange. When I was at the Baptist church as a teenager, I was just 12. And I was watching a bunch of people. And it was just like, oh, my God, the horoscope is so great. And the age of Aquarius. Same old stuff. Same old stuff. We don't need Jesus. Ah, read the Bible's old fogey stuff. I'm going to read the newspaper where it says, I'm a Gemini. Richard, when are you born? June 10th. Oh, you're a Gemini. Look like two gay guys to me. I mean, looking at it now, I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, that's supposed to be who created me? I don't think so. Here we go. In the book of Amos, uh, prophecies, the Lord, God says, was it me you were really sacrificing to in those 40 years in the, in the desert, Israel? Remember, that's the book of Amos. That's one of those little small books. It's not doesn't stand out on its own. Okay. No, your real interest was in your heathen gods, Sakath and the star god, Kaway. Golly, look at the details. Stephen knew them. Yeah. And all the images you made. So I'm going to send you into captivity far beyond Babylon. Hello, Nebuchadnezzar. There it is. Our ancestors carried along with them the portable temple or tabernacle through the wilderness. In it, they kept the stone tablets with the Ten Commandments written on it. The building was constructed in exact accordance with the plan shown to Moses by the angel. Remember, there was a purpose for that. The table, the altar, and all this stuff. The holy place and the seat of mercy. Mercy seat. Years later, when Joshua led the battles against Gentile nations, this tabernacle was taken with them into their new territories and used until the time of King David. Now, there was a reason. God said, take this thing with you. When you go into battle, you'll beat the tar out of them. Here's David. God blessed Lee Dave. God blessed David greatly. And David asked for the privilege of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who actually built it. See how it's tracking? Later... God doesn't li- no, however, God doesn't live in temples made with human hands. Heaven is my throne, the Lord says, through his prophets. Earth is my footstool. What kind of home could you build? Uh, asked the Lord. Would I stay in it? Didn't I make look at that? Oh man, he's saying he created everything. That's because he did. Ah, oh, here's the punchline. The guy with the glowing face, Stephen, boy, he fires at him. You stiff-necked heathen, must you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did? No, but your fathers did, and so do you. Name one prophet you guys didn't kill. You didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. He's talking about Jesus. Yes, and you deliberately destroyed God's laws, though you received them from the hands of the angels. 54, look at that. Oh, no. The Jewish leaders were stung to fury. Now, guess what? There's a guy there by the name of P-A-U-L. And he recounts this story when he goes back and he's faced with the same, they want to kill Paul. He says, you know I was there because I was holding everybody's coats. 
But now Paul's on our side now, but right here he's not. They were stung to fury. Boy, they ground their teeth. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. I don't know, some of this I just can't buy. Oh, yeah, you can. He steadfast looked up into heaven. Remember just six weeks ago, Jesus went, he went zipping up there. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand. Whoa. And he told them, hey, guys, look. I see the heavens opened and Jesus, the Messiah, standing beside God at his right hand. Boy, then the mob, they, then they mobbed him. They put their hands over their ears. Why'd they do that? They didn't want to hear anymore. I don't want to hear anything, even though it's right. Drowning out his voice with their shouts. They dragged him out of the city, the city to stone him. The official witnesses, oh my goodness. The executioners took off their coats and they laid them at the feet of a young man named Paul. He gave him the go-ahead. He said so later in this same book, which you would have read sometime this afternoon if you kept reading. All this stuff goes so quick. And as the murderous stones came hurtling at Stephen, look at, look, whoa, look at this. He's getting killed or bullets are being shot at him. Look at what he says. Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, what the heck does that mean? If you're dead, you're dead. No, oh, your spirit's going on. Looks just like it. He fell to his knees. Look at this, shouting, Lord, don't charge them <laughs> with this sin. Oh, good grief. You ever want to know if Jesus loves you? Yes. He said the same thing. Uh, Jesus said the same thing when he died. Now we're not going to keep on going and going, but look at that. I want you to see how fast this goes out. Paul was in complete agreement with the killing of Stephen. Now they just mentioned him for the first time. And a great wave of persecution of the believers began that day. Sweeping over the church where? In Jerusalem. Everyone except the apostles fled into, into Judea and Samaria. Boy, everybody's hightailing. They just scattered. Some people say, well, it's the Lord's will. Well, then why did the 12, if it was the Lord's will, why did they stay? They're the most rebellious to Jesus there was. No, that was not the plan at all. But some godly Jews, they came with great sorrow and buried Stephen. Look at that. Paul was like a wild man. That's why I love this more than the King James. King James would have said he was, you know, he was angry or whatever. A wild man. He went everywhere to devastate the believers, even entering into private homes and dragging men and women out alike, jailing them. Now, if you and I were there, because we go to church too, watch how fast this gets put out. It gets put out in this chapter. Watch this. Here we go. But the believers who had fled Jerusalem, they went everywhere. Oh, look what they did. Boy, they were, can you not shut up? I know I hear some stories, Phil. Phil can't be quiet. You can't be quiet either. Everyone in this room. They were telling the good news about Jesus. Philip, for instance, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about Christ. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. So remember, you got miracles in your back pocket when you show up. Talk about your own if you want to, but if you see somebody sick there, get on it. I know Dustin's told me some stories. He told me the other day, he said, he told them, looked them right in the eye and said, I'm going to pray for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Isn't that right? Know what you said? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Sticky neck out there. Okay. Crowds listened as what he, oh, because of the miracles. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. There was so much, 
Yes, joy in that city. Wow. Now, there was a man named Simon, formerly been a sorcerer. Look at this. Devil worshiper or whatever. There for many years, he had very influential, proud man because of the amazing things he could do. Of course, he was just faking it. In fact, the people, the Samaritan people often spoke of him as the Messiah. Now, remember, Samaria was the split kingdom. Remember? Back in the history, you had Jerusalem and David uh, was at Jerusalem. And it's just Judah and Benjamin were right there in Jerusalem. The rest of the ten, the SEC, you know, the other tribes, Jacob's kids were all scattered. They split off. Anyway, their capital was Samaria. So that's where he's at. But now they believe Philip's message that Jesus was the Messiah and his words concerning the kingdom of God. And many people were baptized. Then Simon himself believed he was baptized. He began following Peter wherever he went. And he was amazed. God, the miracles just keep going. Yeah, the miracles are never going to quit. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When the apostles back in Jerusalem heard the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John. Now, why'd they do that? Well, look at this. As soon as they arrived, they began praying for these new Christians to receive the Holy Spirit. What? I know it sounds weird, but this is what they did. Now, they were already Christians. For as yet he had not come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John, oh no, they laid their hands on the believers. What? And they received the Holy Spirit. Oh, what? Anyway, when Simon saw this, that he's the ex-sorcerer, that the Holy Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on the people's head, he offered them money for this power. What? Hey. He said, hey, give me uh, this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, Peter said, your money perish with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You have no part in this, and your heart's not right before God. Turn from this great wickedness and pray, perhaps uh, God will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see there's jealousy and sin in your hearts. Oh, man. Simon said, pray for me. Simon exclaimed that these terrible things won't happen. Anyway, on with the rest of this. After testifying and preaching in uh, Samaria, Peter and John, remember they, they weren't affected by what was going on with Paul. They, they took a little TY trip and went down there to Samaria. They went back to Jerusalem, stopping at several Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. Now watch this. But as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, hey, go over to that road, that you know, intersection of Highway 278 and 231, whatever. Runs from Jerusalem to the Gaza Strip, arriving at noon. So he did. And who should be coming down? Now watch this. And you know why this guy was there. Remember, there were several feasts. You had to come to Jerusalem for those feasts. So he did. And who should be coming down the road but the treasury, the treasurer of Ethiopia? Probably a black guy. You know, way down there, North Africa. A eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was now returning it. Now watch this. He's coming back. He's riding his BMW, which was a chariot. Reading out loud. Philip saw this coming. He's reading out loud from the prophet Isaiah. Holy Spirit tells Philip, hey, go over there. Walk along beside the chariot. So he's walking along. He's listening. And he starts, boy, Philip knew with the Bible. He knew. Philip ran over, heard what he was reading, and asked, hey, do you understand it? <laughs> Look what that man said. He just says, man, of course not. How can I when there's no one to instruct me? And he begged Philip to come up in the BMW and sit with him. Oh, my gosh. Probably had air conditioning. Okay, anyway. The passage of Scripture where he'd been reading, now get this. 
Oh, we in the Bible Belt, we've heard this. It's Isaiah 53. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Can you imagine he's at this point reading this and here's, the Lord had set all this up. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb is silent before the shears. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliations, justice was denied him. And who can, uh, and who can express the wickedness of the people of this generation? For his life was taken from the earth. Wow. Eunuch asked Philip, the eunuch asked Philip, was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? So Philip began at that scripture and used many others, look at this, to tell him about Jesus. Now we're going to stop here because we run out of time. But anyway, as they rode along, they came to a small body of water of eunuch, uh, the eunuch said, look, water, why can't I be baptized? Now look at this. This is why it's called good news. Notice Philip did not say this. Well, do you promise to not drink anymore? Do you promise to at least don't be divorced more than once? <laughs> do you promise to do that? No. Look at that. If you believe with all your heart. And the unit replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He stopped the chariot. They went down in the water. Peter, think about this. Look at the time frame. When they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord, poof, Philip wasn't there anymore. Was caught, caught away Philip. And the eunuch, they never saw him again. But went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip, where am I at now? <laughs> he found himself at Arab, Azatos, or whatever. Okay. He preached the good news there and in every city along the way as he traveled to Caesarea. Now, I'm not, I, I meant to show you this, but see, look at this. See where we're at? But Paul, threatening. See, this is still, we couldn't even say this had been three or four weeks. And, and you know, this story is the brilliant light. That shut down Paul right there. Paul, threatening every breath, chapter 9, verse 1, eager to destroy every Christian, went to the high priest in Jerusalem, requested letters. I want, I need subpoenas and all this kind of stuff addressed to the synagogues in Damascus requiring their cooperation in persecution of any believers he found there, both men and women, so that he could bring them in chains to Jerusalem. <laughs> You're not going to get anywhere. Look at this. As he was nearing Damascus on this mission, suddenly a brilliant light. That was the end of that persecution. It spotted down on him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuted? Well, who is it, sir? And the voice said, I'm Jesus. <laughs> you imagine that. Now get up and go into the city and await my further instructions. Well, the men that were Paul, they were speechless. They heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. So Paul picked up himself off the ground and he found, ooh, he's blind. Well, he, led into the, he had to be led to Damascus. He was there three days blind, going without food. Now, there was in Damascus a believer named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him saying, Ananias? Yes, Lord. <laughs> now, watch. Suppose you're Ananias. And the Lord said, hey, go over to, you know, 4th and Elm, Straight Street, at the house of a man named Judas, and ask for Paul of Tarsus. Uh, beg your pardon, Paul, <laughs> Paul of who? <laughs> he knew who he was. He's praying right now. For I've shown him in a vision a man named you, Ananias, coming in. Look at that laying hands again. Laying his hands on him so that he could see again. But Lord, he's like Moses here. Now, I've heard the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And we hear that he has, boy, man, word travels fast. He has arrest warrants from the chief priest authorizing. God, look how good Jesus is to all of us. 
to arrest every believer in Damascus. But the Lord says, go do what I say. For Paul, look at that, is a chosen instrument to take my, uh, my chosen instrument to take my message to the nation before kings as well as the people of Israel. And I'll show him how much he's going to suffer for me. So Ananias went over. He found him. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Paul, the Lord Jesus, look at that, who appeared to you in the wet road, has sent me that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit and get your eyes back. Instantly, it was those scales fell from his eyes. Paul could see and was immediately baptized. He ate, was strengthened. He stayed with the believers in Damascus a few days and went on at once to the synagogue to tell everybody the good news uh, that about Jesus, uh, that uh, he is indeed the Son of God. I'm going to stop right here, but watch this. All who heard him were amazed. Look at that. They said, isn't this the guy that was trying to kill us all? The same man who persecuted Jesus' followers so bitterly, they said, and now we understand he's come here to arrest all them and take them in chains to the chief priest. Paul became more and more fervent in his preaching. Damascus Jews couldn't withstand his proofs that Jesus was the Christ. Now they're going to kill him. After the Jewish priest determined to kill him, but Paul was told about their plan. He wrote about that in some of his, in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. I Corinthians. During the night, some of his converts let him down in a basket. That's what he says. Let him in a basket through an opening in the city wall. Even Paul was saved. Look at that. Upon arrival, he, look at this. He tried to meet with the believers and they thought he's playing a trick on them. <laughs> they were afraid of him. They thought he was faking. Oh, man. But Barnabas, good old Barnabas, look what he's did. We finished this, didn't we? They brought him to the apostles and they told how the Lord, how Paul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and what the Lord had said to him and all about his powerful preaching in the name of Jesus. Well, they accepted him. And after that, he was constantly with the believers and he preached boldly in the name of the Lord. But some of the Greeks speaking Jews, now they're going to try to kill him in Jerusalem, had argued, uh, plotted to murder him. However, when the believers heard about his danger, they took him to Caesarea and they sent him home to Tarsus. <laughs> meanwhile, look at this. Meanwhile, the church had peace. Where's all your problems? Uh, throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, and grew in strengths and, and numbers. And the believers learned how to walk in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Peter, uh, I will get this little story. Look at this. Peter traveled to a place to visit. In his travels, he came to the believers in the town of Lydda. He met a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed. How long? Bedridden eight years. Peter said, hey, Andy, Aeneas, whatever. Jesus Christ has healed you. That's what we need to be thinking about. When we're feeling bad, just think, look, Isaiah 53 says so, by his stripes we're healed. Get up and make your bed. Instantly he was healed. The whole population that lit up and shared, boy, they turned to the Lord when they saw him walking around. Now you know why we get so much persecution about healing. And we can't have that, you know. We're Baptist. No, 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 no. That's the reason we have nurses and doctors today. <laughs> Please. You have heard stories where your doctors, they go home and they're just smoking weed. Yeah, we, nurses and doctors, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thank God for what they do. But boy, I thank God one day when we take our last breath, we're going to heaven. It's not because of we have doctors. It's because of Jesus. Well, we got to stop. This next thing, this woman's dead. And Peter raises her from the dead. See that? Get up, Dorcas. She opened her eyes. She stood up. Oh, my gosh. When news of that hit, boy, look at that. The news raced to the town. Many believed in the Lord. Well, that's Acts chapter. We're, we're, almost, we're almost halfway done in the book of Acts.
Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. Oh, with so much things we pick out of this. Praise God. So, Father, if we're not feeling good, look at those folks that we just saw were healed. You're the same yesterday. You were not even anywhere to be found, Lord. It was just the disciples, and yet healing was still taking place. Oh, and Philip wasn't even one of the 12 disciples. He was a deacon. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we're, we know you'll take care of our bodies. Same thing's true financially. You'll take care of us financially. Same thing's true no matter what we're faced with. A little persecution out there, a little trouble, whatever. Oh, people are going to see a light from heaven. All that stuff's going to stop because you're going to take care. There's going to be peace in the church like you said, and we have it today. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left for us to use these mighty miracles that are happening in our life to help convince others that Jesus is Lord. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God.